Hi, this is Jim Sloan, and you're listening to the Emerald Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to this week's edition of the Emerald Football Podcast. I am Jack Butler here with Maverick Palak. How's it going? Pretty good. No Sean Meadow this week. He is out. He was questionable coming in, but couldn't, couldn't fight through the pain. So He's the one that picked the 4.30 time also. He, he is the one that picked. We're recording this Tuesday at 4.30. He's the one that said, let's do 4.30. And he's the one not here. What, what a shame. Yeah, well, I'm out of class. I'm, I'm done for the next 35 minutes. <laughs> nice. But even with players out, injuries, we fight on. We podcast on. And this week we will be talking about, uh, we'll, we'll looking back at that Oregon loss in the Palouse in Pullman, 34-20 to 20 to Washington State, and then previewing the upcoming game out in the desert in Arizona uh, against the Arizona Wildcats. Uh, we are sports reporters for the Daily Emerald, and we cover Oregon football, and there's, there's quite a bit to talk about, as, as there has been usually uh, in, in these weeks, but Oregon came out and threw up a dud on both ends of the field, especially offensively in that first half against Washington State was down 27-0. I don't know when the last time Oregon with a fully healthy quarterback, fully healthy starting number one quarterback, put up zero points in the first half. Should have looked that up before this podcast, but... It was really. It, it just looked. It just looked awful in that first half. But I mean, at least the defense had an interception, made some plays occasionally. But yeah, that first drive yeah. really uh, did not show how the first half was going to go. Diamador Lenore gets that pick, and everyone was thinking, "Oh, Oregon has a chance." It, it, well, it, it showed how they would go on offense because then there was like three penalties, two missed snaps, and like. They they got bailed out. It was supposed to be like a safety, but they they had yeah, like a I, start. I, I, so so they even got bailed out by their own penalty because Jake Hansen had two missed snaps. I don't know what the miscommunication on those snaps is. It was but. just so loud. Uh, I talked to Hansen a little bit today and uh, with media availability, and he and I mean it was basically like this can't happen. They and they improved in the second half, but that first half can't happen. And I think every player knows that, but it was interesting to say the least that they got punched in the mouth so hard like the same thing happened for stanford when oregon played stanford and stanford got hit hard and i think they were kind of confused but they got that lucky turnover off the hansen miss snap and got themselves back in that game and oregon was unable to do that part it kind of had the feeling where when it was 20 to 0 i believe was the score early on and or like didn't they get a touchdown right before the half um, I, I, I mean, I thought like, oh, if Oregon can get a touchdown here and make it 20 to seven, they, they can win this game. But once it got to 27, zero, it would have taken a nearly perfect half to tie, even tie it up. And they almost had it, but yeah, realistically, you're not going to win a game if you go down 27 to zero, especially on the road and especially to a team. That's pretty good. I, I said last week, I had my doubts about whether, Washington State was a top 25 team and they definitely proved me wrong there because they they looked really good they looked really sharp granted they did have a bye uh coming into that week and, and Oregon was coming off of 
the highly emotional, highly physical game against Washington. And the Palouse is just a weird place to play. I mean, a lot of teams go up there and they don't, you know, they don't perform well or they don't start well. A lot of teams just barely edge out. Uh, even when Washington State wasn't that great, it was kind of just a weird place to play. Uh, and Pullman's Oregon. meant for Pac-12 after dark, and although this was a what 4:30 start, it was Pac-12 just before. Yeah, it was still it was still a weird game, and I think Gardner Minshew showed how talented he was. He did yeah. throw the two picks, but I think that was just somebody a- along with the emotion. I think quarterbacks yeah. tend to make mistakes too, and I thought the the biggest play of the game was the first score of the game when James Williams had the uh, what he breaks six tackles. James Booby Williams. Yeah, he shook off Troy Dye. Shook off. I, I mean, I saw Javon Holland go flying and miss, and then Graham had the last chance. But the, I mean, even if he got him, it would have been first and goal on the yeah, one. Yeah, that weird play where they had the ball in the middle, and it was almost like an old Oregon two-point conversion play but like in the middle of the field in the middle of drive is that the one you're talking about no i'm talking about the williams touchdown where he broke like six right. tackles that was on that play oh. remember it started all weird it was okay weird, like, okay yeah pitch play i don't know that works in flag football but that shouldn't work in real football but it does uh, i mean mike leach is the like you know how like sometimes people say crazy is is smart like they're so crazy and just might might work mike leach is He's not crazy, but he's he's an interesting guy, and I think he's so outside the box that his offense is either amazingly innovative or just weird. I don't know what to say. He has no fear. Yeah, easily. I, I think I think that was he, broadcasted when Texas Tech beat Texas on the Crabtree <laughs> yeah. in the Crabtree game. Like I don't know, Mike Leach is not one to mess with. No, and he has no fear. But even then, like in the, in the second half. Oregon's defense adjusted and did really well. I mean, Washington State only scored seven points in the second half. Now, obviously, like we've said, if you do that well in the first half or conversely do that poorly in the first half, if you're Oregon, like seven points was all it took in the second half to just put that game away. But, uh, I mean, I don't know which one of you hurts more, that Stanford loss or this Washington State loss, if you're Oregon. Which one do you look at and you – you know, because they were complete, almost completely different. I think way. the Washington State loss is worse, in my opinion, because they had this whole Cristobal mantra. I think, I mean, obviously the players probably don't think the same thing as media members, but even your sidebar was, this is Cristobal's team now after that after Washington. Washington win. is They played their game and they won the game. And then against Washington State, they, they got bullied. The crowd bullied the team, the Washington State defense was bullying Oregon in the first half, and the Oregon defense couldn't handle Washington State's offense. And I think Washington State also held some things back in the second half because it seemed like they had those six-yard out routes every single play they wanted to. And on the fourth and six or fourth and five, whatever it was, to that eventually led to that uh, Desmond Patton touchdown. They did an out route to, and it was on Ugo Amadi, and Ugo Amadi is a great player for this team but when you have that play every single time it it's gonna hurt you know yeah and like on the offensive side for Oregon it was just really weird to see them go up against a defense that they couldn't rush the ball you know almost at all like we have seen this Oregon offense struggle to run it but only in like two to three drives 
you know, per game maybe, or, or like, you know, there was a little bit at the start against Cal where they couldn't really get it going, but eventually they broke free. Uh, they didn't even run it like super successfully against Washington. And they just did just enough to continue setting up the passing game and just enough to make second and third down uh, distances easy enough to convert. And, but they didn't at all in the first half. And really for most of that game, even though they kind of came alive offensively in the second half, and but they didn't push them around at all. I mean, maybe that Penny Sewell left tackle injury is a bigger deal than we thought. I mean, we kind of thought that, you know, their freshman left tackle, who's a stud, got injured against Washington. They moved their right tackle, Calvin Throckmorton, to left tackle, Brady Aiello gets plugged in at right tackle and he's had a lot of experience even though you know he's kind of been a backup his whole time he's had he still had a ton of experience so we we kind of thought that okay they should be able to handle it uh and, and maybe even if Ben Asul was in it wouldn't have mattered that much but like it was just kind of weird to see this you know Cristobal led team and this team that for the most part, has been able to push defensive line around, defensive lines around, just totally not be able to do that at all. Well, it was weird because uh, Oregon's offense against Washington went through the the middle essentially. C.J. Verdell and two touchdowns. Yeah, that's great, but it, it's not like he was averaging eight yards a carry. It was it was a very power o game. And then against Washington State, if you go through their first couple drives for the Ducks, um, obviously the first one that that was all the crowd and the atmosphere that. That drive was a wash. There was it was very unproductive. But then the second drive, they come out down seven zero. You're still in the ball game. You're down seven zero with four minutes left in the first quarter. And they come out and throw an incomplete pass, throw an incomplete pass, and but there was pass interference on the first one. And then rush the ball for three yards and throw another incomplete pass. Like that that's the second straight game. Justin Herbert started off slow also, not necessarily putting the blame on him. Uh, starting off slow, it's hard to then come back and get back in the game if you can't complete a pass. And I thought they should have run run the ball a lot more and, I mean, get the best players on the field. And C.J. Verdell has been the best player in the running game for the Ducks, but I thought Travis Dye should have got at least one carry in the first half. Yeah, it's interesting that you say they should have run it more just because, I mean – I almost felt like when when they needed to, to throw it in the second half, that's when their offense really opened up. I mean, I think Herbert. Well, I think Washington State also like, hey, we're up twenty seven. Just don't give up a forty yard pass. Type sure, thing. right. I mean, certainly human nature, and not only human nature, but also probably play calling played a factor in that game. But I, I I've always thought that, uh, you know, after watching that game, that they really were were able to find a rhythm once they sort of opened it up, and once. Herbert was able to get comfortable and, and, and know he could kind of throw it around the yard. Obviously, a lot of that was out of necessity, right? You're, you have two quarters of football to get 27 points. You need to throw the ball. But at the same time, I really thought that uh, they, they, you know, their offensive line, just it just wasn't working. It, and, and they maybe should have gone to putting it on Herbert's arm a little bit earlier. And... You know, who knows, maybe... Well, the it was on Herbert's arm. The first drive they had more than one rushing attempt was down 20 to 0 with three minutes left in the second quarter. And they almost never had the ball, so they didn't... Yeah, yeah, so they, they couldn't get a first down. So it's right. hard to, to have an offensive plan when you, you can't get that first down. You can't right. sustain a good drive, obviously. Cer- certainly, and part of that was because Washington State's offense just could drive at will and would not leave the field 
like the time of possession numbers in the second quarter, Washington State had it for 11 minutes and 46 seconds, and Oregon had it for three minutes and 14 seconds. And it's not like the, you know, those Chip Kelly Oregon teams where they were able to, you know, maybe that actually would have been a good thing, right? This was bad. But at the same time, I felt like maybe, you know, realizing a little sooner, okay, this isn't working, airing it out, putting it on Herbert's arm. I mean, even though they did beat Washington, I was surprised at the disparity between how much they ran it versus how much they threw it. But at the same time, I, I kind of understand where they're coming from and that this is how Mario Cristobal wants to run the team. This is the statement he wants to make. You know, they want to be a power team. That's why they're in the pistol, right? Most of the time they're running a pistol offense because they want to run in between the tackles. They want to run downhill. It's why C.J. Burdell's the guy because he's the best at doing that, at just putting his head down and just, you know, like barreling through defenders in the offensive line. And when you come up across a team that does a really good job of shifting what they're showing pre-snap, they are, you know, that's a, that's a good defense. If you look at the stats, statistically, they're at the top of almost every single one in the Pac-12. Uh, you know, Washington State, certainly under Frank Leach, hasn't been known for its defense, but that is a good defense. And, you know, they couldn't get it going and they got burned and it was hard to pick up the pieces after that. And, you know, too too little too late towards the end. And I, I still think that sort of circling way back to, to what I was talking about earlier, I still think that Stanford one's a little harder to, uh, to swallow just because the way they were up and having a team like that at home at your own place and, and blowing that. But I'm sure in a sense, players look at this Washington state tape, especially that first half and just go, you know, what the hell are we doing? You know, that doesn't look like us. And, and, and I mean, you were there talking to them today. Is that the vibe? Was that the vibe? Well, I think they know they were better than what they were in the first half. And I think everyone knows they are better than what they were in the first half. And they don't think Washington and everyone doesn't think Washington State is as good as they were in the first half. It was I think it was a very tough environment to be in. But then again, this team has aspirations to be in much tougher environments. And I think they know they should have played better. But I mean, now I think essentially there's only one team that could go to the playoff, and it's somehow Washington State. Somehow, God, I don't know what their. Uh, I think they're. Let me look this up real quick. But their non-conference schedule wasn't that great. It was either. BYU, or no, they lost to SDSU, right? They played. Drum roll, please. <laughs> You gave yourself your own Dremel. Well, apparently the Wi-Fi isn't working. Uh, they played... Oh, God. They played Wyoming, San Jose State, and Eastern Washington. Oh, so they beat all three. Did they yeah. lost to SDSU they, last year? Was that last year? Yeah, they, they lost to USC this year. Yeah. That's their only losses on the Which, road. wow, because USC, USC is not good. And then they, they beat Utah. And then they crushed Oregon State, and they, they beat Oregon. And then they got a showdown with Stanford this weekend. So... The Pac-12 could destroy itself this weekend if Stanford wins. They have. They are. like. uh, No, but it could be like a four-loss team in the Rose Bowl. (laughs) I don't know. I I think, you know, this kind of segues into a little bit of what we wanted to get to as well. But I I don't think that, you know, I certainly don't think that the Pac-12 can make the playoff. 
even with Washington, even if Washington State runs the table, they're out. Well, I think they have a chance in – now, I'm letting you know, I, this isn't going to happen. But they have a chance <laughs> because if Michigan beats Ohio State but loses to Penn State, the whole Big Ten is in trouble. So then every Big Ten team has two losses. And it's hard to put in a two-loss Big Ten team over a one-loss Pac-12 team. Right. But, and, but if, if you're talking, are you talking Michigan getting in even if they lose to Penn State? No, I'm saying if Michigan loses to Penn State and then beats Ohio State, it's hard to put a two-loss. What, Wisconsin? Who's no, they already beat Wisconsin, I think. Right, but in the Big Ten I championship think, game. Oh, yeah, then they would beat Wisconsin. But if Washington State then comes and beats whoever the heck the team in the South is going to be, I don't know. Utah? Four-loss Utah, three-loss Utah. I, I, I mean, I think the Big Ten would still get in, but there's an argument to be had that I the one-loss Pac-12 team, yeah. And then also there could be a two-loss, three-loss SEC team that wins. You think Bama's losing two or three no, times? No, I'm saying Bama – is going to go undefeated. But if they somehow right. lose the SEC championship see, to a two-loss Georgia, which if Georgia somehow loses another game. I don't see how Georgia... This isn't happening. I'm just saying. like This is this sure, is a, a sure, small I, scenario where the Pac-12 I, gets a team. I don't see that. I, don't, I almost don't see two SEC teams making it this year. Just because I don't think... Well, yeah, because ACC's getting one. I don't think one. LSU, Georgia, or Florida is quite, quite there. If LSU beats Alabama... Then they're both in. Yeah, then then the SEC gets then, two then teams the, in. Then the SEC gets two teams like they did last year. Last year. But if Alabama beats LSU, then Alabama would then beat Georgia. If Georgia beats Alabama in the SEC championship, though, I think there's still two SEC teams. I'm assuming Alabama's not losing at all, but if they lost in the SEC championship game, I think they're still in. Yeah, so then there would be two then SEC be two. teams, yeah. and then the ACC champion – but what's the wild, the wild card is Notre Dame. Yeah, and because their schedule is garbage from here on out. I think Syracuse is probably the toughest team they play. Yeah, but they've had a good schedule. No, they yeah, you're right. And I'm saying going forward, UCF doesn't make it. No, what well, USF still undefeated? I think South Florida. I think they are. No, they, they or yeah, they they won last week. They, yeah, but they played UConn, the ooh, team that my, the, the women's basketball. Well, the women's basketball team's better on defense than them. You saw that set, right? Women, yeah. yeah. So UConn held USF to the lowest point total they've done all season. U- UConn, the worst defense ever, I think held USF to like 38 points. Wild. Yeah. But Notre Dame's a wild card because if Notre Dame gets in, then you have – if Notre Dame gets in with two SEC teams and a Big Ten champ, woo, you've got the Big 12, the Pac-12, and the ACC all pissed. That would be well, dude. It's gonna be. It's gonna be. I think it's gonna be two SEC teams, a Big Ten, and an ACC. Or Notre Dame goes in for one of those SEC teams. I have a hard time thinking Clemson won't get in. I have a hard time thinking Texas won't get in if they have no, if well, they Texas go undefeated. But if they go undefeated the rest of the year, same yeah, with Oklahoma, they'll they'll be in. They still have that weird Big Ten, Big Twelve. Geez, sorry, Big Twelve championship game. That is just the top two teams replay each other, so that'll probably be what them and Oklahoma again. Yeah, so a one loss, one of those teams win. It goes to the playoff. There's no way the voters don't put Texas in their first playoff if they have one loss. No, well, we don't know. Do Texas? They lost to Maryland. Yeah, but Maryland. Uh, I don't know. Not great. No, I know, I know, but I'm saying people love Texas. Does the committee care? about brand 
I mean, I think uh, that well, was think proven both. the last couple of years they when? care about brand. When uh, what was it? A couple of years or when the the year Oregon made it when they chose uh, teams over Baylor. I think they chose one loss Ohio State over one loss one Baylor. One loss Ohio State was better. Was no, better yeah, yeah, Ohio but it, but the voters proved that that the the bigger team is going to get in. Last year, well, well, I, last year Alabama getting in over um over yeah, I know. I I'm just saying they care about brand. I don't think that they do in that sense. I mean, I think it's hard to remove some of that bias, but that we all naturally have. But I don't think that they put Ohio State in over, you know, Baylor or what was it, TCU that year? Because yeah, because you just watch the games. You know, even if you stripped them of their, you know, two blank resumes, right? You know, TCU is the number two team in twenty. What year is this? Twenty fifteen. Dude, Wikipedia always messes with it. They did 2015, and so that should be the 2015, the 2014-2015 season. Yeah, I'm confused. No, never mind. Okay, so final thing before, like, the bowl week, uh, it was Alabama, Florida State, Oregon, Ohio State, obviously. Post-bowl polls are the stupidest thing ever. No, I'm saying before the bowl. So the four that made it were the four everyone knows, Alabama, Florida State, Oregon and Ohio State and then Baylor and TCU both were both out. 11 and 1 and right. if they had a Big 10 championship game one of those teams would have made it over Ohio State right. possibly. And didn't they call them co-champions too? Even after they yeah. said they wouldn't call them co-champions. Yeah, no, no, but so the winner of that game, so let's just say Baylor wins that game um because they had giant Sean Oakman who made meme history before getting in trouble rightfully so but uh <laughs> um baylor probably would have made it over ohio state who i believe was not a big 10 champion that year michigan state won the big 10 so if washington state runs the table they're out if washington state runs the table they are prob- probably still out yeah. just because they need michigan to lose once they need ohio state right. to lose twice and how do we feel about oregon's back 12 north chances what, they have two losses. They need Washington to lose to Washington State, and they need Washington State to lose to Stanford. They need Stanford to lose once, two more times because well, they don't own that tiebreaker. Well, no, so they need Washington to beat Stanford, and then that's a three-way tiebreaker. Well, regard- and they need Washington State to beat Washington and Stanford to beat Washington State. Then it's a five-way tiebreaker with two losses. You hear me out? Like, like- They at least need... Washington State and Stanford to lose two more times because they don't own any of those tiebreakers. No, 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 no. But so, but if Washington beats them, um, beats both of them. So, so, so if Stanford beats Washington State and Washington State beats Washington and Washington beats Stanford, they're all at two losses. And Oregon, if they somehow go undefeated the rest of the season, which they should. Then would still Oregon would own the tiebreaker over Washington, but Washington would own the tiebreaker over Stanford, and Stanford would Stanford own the tiebreaker over Washington over State. Oregon. It's just a triangle. No, it's a five. What, the Pentagon. It's, a, it's not a Pentagon. Yeah, There's it goes only four teams involved. Five. Washington State. Washington State, Stanford. Oh, I can't count. Wow. Yeah. Jeez. Man. That's why I'm a journalism it's a major. rectangle. No, but Stanford would own the title. Where was the fifth team I was thinking of? I don't know. We're talking strictly from Oregon's. So we haven't talked anything about Arizona. Honestly, I think we both agree that Oregon should handle that game pretty easily, yeah. right? Yeah, no, I mean, Arizona almost lost it, or they did lose to UCLA. 
Yeah, by one. Yeah, they have Rich Rodriguez's son or Khalil Tate playing quarterback, and yeah. I think Khalil Tate probably is the better college quarterback. But Oregon, well, Oregon showed they can handle Khalil Tate pretty easily. I wonder if Dimitri Birch is getting a lot of practice like he did last year. Yeah, see, I remember Ugo Amadi post game after Arizona saying that. Dimitri Birch was easier to defend or harder to defend than Khalil Tate. Well, I I don't know if anybody will ask him about that tomorrow. But I think Oregon already has ever ever. If someone's worried about oh, can Oregon handle not knowing who the quarterback is? I think they've proven they easily yeah. can. Cal, although they gave up rushing yards to Brandon McIlwain, they they shut down Chase Garbers through the air and still made Brandon McIlwain turn the ball over what at least twice. He had a fumble and a pick. And then against Portland State, they didn't allow anything besides Charlie Talmapo's two big catches. And then yeah. Bowling Green only had their one quarterback at the time, but they did not allow Bowling Green to do anything. And my, oh, San Jose State used two quarterbacks too, and they didn't let that often score at all either. Yeah, no, they they thought they can handle multi quarterbacks. Scouting two quarterbacks, but this Washington or not Washington? We're talking about them for so long. Got stuck in my brain. But this Arizona. Defense just isn't very good. It's the second worst in the Pac-12. Yeah, uh, Oregon's going to win. And we're talking about a, a truly terrible Oregon State defense that is like significantly last in every cat in almost every category. And Arizona uh, is is not quite as bad as them, but is not good. And so if Oregon's going to regain their mojo, it's it's this game. And I think we both agree that it's probably not going to be that close. There's only one game for the rest of the season for Oregon that's probably going to be close, and that's Utah. I agree. I think they will blow out Oregon State, similar to last year's score, which was nice. That was a joke. uh, And and I think they will have their way with UCLA easily. Don't see Chip coming and... Well, I think I, I see Chip getting like a really good offensive drive where it's like classic, like, oh, each play was only four seconds, like at, uh, and then it was snapped every single time. And he has this great score that everyone goes, wow, Chip's back. And then I think that's the only score UCLA has the whole game. So you say UCLA goes up seven and nothing. Everybody's like, oh, Chip. And then it's like, no, no, I think no one thinks they're going to lose. So everyone thinks like good for Chip. Yeah. Because I, I think everyone knows UCLA needs more talent to be able to run Chip's Ke- Chip Kelly's offense to what it is. Yeah, I mean, they have been putting it together, though. They're 2-0 over the past Against two, a obviously. quarterbackless Arizona and a quarterbackless Cal. They smoked Cal. Yeah, but Cal, I don't even think, knew what was happening. They started McElwain after his good game against Oregon, and then they go out there, and five seconds later, they look up, and they're down 40 like, yeah, well, it was exactly did, what happened against Washington State for Oregon. Like they didn't know what happened. UCLA did a good job. Yeah, they're, they're putting it together. I mean, they're not good, but they're putting it together. No, I know they have the they have the right to me to, me, that to Utah win game six games. Is really next year. interesting because I think Oregon wins though. You think so? I could see. I mean, look, we'll see how the next couple weeks depends on how many how many false starts on the first drive. We'll, we'll see how the next two weeks go for both teams, but. It's at Utah, and Utah is not an easy team to push around, and Oregon's offensive line didn't look very good at all against Washington State. 
And I have, you know, I mean, Utah's run defense is quite good. So it's like... Isn't it crazy how different Utah is at home than on the road? Like, on the road, they're not even cared about. Like, Braxton Burmeister, Oregon beat them last year. I mean, Utah's by far the best rushing defense, period. Yeah. In the Pac-12. So it's like, I think that game is going to be another, like it was two years ago, it's going to be on Herbert to to carry him to victory in that one. I mean, I don't... Do we get another meme like the... Hellfish you get Mario Cristobal. What? Huh? 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 What? That was Mario Cristobal being like, oh, my job. What? He saved it for one week. He saved it for one week and then blew it oh, against well. Oregon State. Ryan Nall. Killed him. Yeah. And they're Oregon in their trench coats. So, so what's the line for this week? For this week? Well, despite the typo, uh, Arizona is not favored by 20, which if that was the case... I would be betting and telling my parents and all my friends to bet their life savings if or if Arizona's favored by twenty. If they win by twenty, dude. Now, if they win by twenty, I'll be glad I didn't actually bet my life savings. Um, but per not typo, Oregon's nine and a half point favorites right now, Tuesday, five o'clock. Um, at Arizona. Apparently it's homecoming week for the Wildcats, which oh. which is my favorite thing to throw around when a team is traveling on the road. Is oh, it's homecoming week, which I believe it was homecoming week Big for points. Cal also when Oregon played Cal. I'm saying Oregon wins by at least thirteen, so I'll take Oregon thirteen to nothing. Yeah, <laughs> defensive battle. I'll take uh, Joe Salvea's homecoming. Did he play at Arizona? Yeah. Uh, I say Oregon wins. Uh, it was against Washington, wasn't it? Oregon's homecoming. Yeah, aren't those usually like the last or second last home? I don't know. Forty. I'm going Oregon forty-one, Arizona twenty-three. I said thirteen, but I changed it to whatever that is. Eighteen. The second time I picked eighteen points as an Oregon victory. When you were spot on once. Yeah. Um, Oregon... That was the last road game or the road game before Washington State. Oregon, 41. Original. Sorry. Mm. No, you can go with it, man. <laughs> I don't, I, I feel like in the 30s is too low, though. So uh, 41 what? 41. So 16. 31-16. 16. 16. So that was a, a minute of you thinking of a score. And mm-hmm. yeah, good for you. Yeah, well, you know, all that really matters is they're definitely winning by more than nine and a half, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, yeah. That'll, what's the over? Over under is 65. So. So I say they get it. Oh, no, none of us. But 41-23, that's 64. I can see the under because I guess yeah, yeah I'm taking see, under I guess I could see Arizona not being able being able to do anything. I think if actually Khalil Tate plays that that could be a difference because inexplicably Arizona's like not I know he's been injured but Kevin Sumlin and Arizona's like not rushing him. They're making him like a pocket QB and he has like because you know what's really good as a pocket quarterback a guy that's never been a pocket quarterback. He only has like 48 rushing attempts this year, and he ended last year with. Some. And sacks count as he, a rushing attempt. So 
Right. He ended last through through halfway through the season this year. He's at like 48 rushing attempts. And he ended last year with like 153. And he only played like eight or nine games last year. Well, how do you do? What? I said, well, how do you do? Yeah. So inexplicably, they're not even running him. Let's say they let's say he is healthy playing in this game and they decided to run him. I think actually that would work quite well because Oregon did struggle to stop the rushing the running QB against Cal. But they caused turnovers. They did. And I think they would trade a a, a fifth they would trade fifteen yards for a fumble. No, any totally. day of the week. Uh, okay, yeah, of course. But that fumble was on a strip sack, right? No, he also had a fumble when he was running, didn't he? Yeah, but I thought they recovered it. Yeah, but I mean, a fumble's a fumble. Like, no, it, this is true. like this is it, true. it's all chance where the ball bounces. This like, is, you could force is, a fumble. That is completely true. You just got to get that ball on the ground. That is completely true. But I do feel like if Arizona, if Kalilte is healthy and they actually decide to run him, that opens up this game a lot. But I have doubts that they do that. Well, I think they're all praying Rich Rod's son. What's his name? Rhett Rodriguez. Rhett. Yeah, I think they're praying that. Which is shocking in itself that he's not a a, a running quarterback because – I feel like – Rich Rod Rich never had a pocket quarterback. I feel like Rich Rod would train him at birth. Yeah. He's like, no, son, quarterback isn't about the rowing. How many Rich Rod quarterbacks became wide receivers in the NFL? Oh, I don't know. Denard, kind of. Yeah, Pat really, White. Oh, man. I don't even know. I think he had Mike Scott, but I don't think he ever moved a receiver. Kind of just like sat in limbo. Yeah. He missed the uh, he missed the Nick Foles era of Arizona. Was he there yet? Was I Rich don't Rod there think yet? so. I thought that I thought was Stoops. I thought it was Stoops, too. Yeah. Somehow, like, Nick Foles and Brock Osweiler were in Arizona at the same time, and, like, I think, and, like, did nothing. Well, yet somehow they, one's a Super Bowl MVP and one. Hey, Kirk Herbstreet picked so Arizona State the year after Brock Osweiler left with Mike Berkovici, picked Arizona State to go to the playoff over Oregon. Remember that. Never forget. I'm serious. He no, did. I remember that. I remember that. I remember being like, what? They, they didn't even make the... Who even made the Pac-12 South Championship that game? Arizona. Oregon beat... Year. Yeah, Oregon beat Arizona. Oregon beat Arizona. Arizona State was, was not in the final ranking. Oh, no, they were. They were 10-3. and three. They, they weren't that bad. They were good. They yeah, were playoff. They, yeah. No, but it was it was ridiculous he picked them. But, I mean, I think we're done now. Are you sure? Yeah. I think we said everything we need to say. We can run through some more playoffs. <laughs> no, let's just close up. <laughs> Thank you for listening. Uh, to listen to more Emerald podcasts, you can go to dailyemerald.com. There's a bar on the side of our website. You can listen to them all through there. Or you can go to SoundCloud, Spotify, iTunes, wherever you get your podcasts. I think we're probably there. You can also check out more Oregon sports content on dailyemerald.com. But... Uh, for more coverage of the football team, of other Oregon sports as well. Thank you for listening, and we will be back next week. Maybe Sean will actually commit to the time that he said he was going to commit to. But, you know, it might be too cool for us. 